Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Last week, we talked about how to overcome disappointment and transition well into this next season. The thing about disappointment is sometimes it's easier to notice right away. It's more of an immediate feeling. But like we said last week, if we don't handle it properly and go to God with it, disappointment can lead us in a downward spiral. Today, I want to talk about something that I feel like Holy Spirit has been keeping in front of me for a couple of weeks. And this is a serious issue in the lives of many believers, but it's not something that comes to us so quickly like disappointment does. However, if we don't address it properly, it can lead to some of the negative effects. A couple of months ago, I was doing some physical activity and I tweaked my right elbow. And it's still not right. And even though the point of this message is not about physical healing, I would please ask everyone to pray with me that I would receive healing in my elbow. Now, when it first happened, I didn't realize that it was that big of a deal. But as the weeks went on, I found myself wincing from time to time with uh, specific motions in my arm. So when you've got an injury like that, the best thing that you can do is just rest that part of your body. And as I began to avoid doing things that caused pain in my elbow, I started noticing a few weeks ago that I was losing some strength in this arm. The muscles in my arm are experiencing atrophy. Well, we all know what atrophy is. You know, when you stop using a muscle regularly, it begins to get weaker. This is not like some groundbreaking science that I'm talking about. We've all heard the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Maybe you've experienced a similar issue with an injury that you've had and and you see that area of your body becomes weaker as you're trying to let that injury heal. I think another common example of atrophy is when our astronauts go up into space for a period of time. All the activity that they're engaged in is without the resistance of the Earth's gravity. So whether they realize it or not, while they're in space, atrophy is beginning to set in, setting in the muscles all over their body. And we know that when astronauts come back to Earth, they've got to be intentional about spending time and efforts to get their muscles back in shape. But injury and spending time in space are not the only causes of atrophy. Atrophy sets in during any time of inactivity or low activity. So even though you might not be injured and you might not be an astronaut, you can still experience atrophy. If you have a sedentary lifestyle, maybe you sit at a desk all day long or you lay on the couch for hours at a time, then you're going to experience some level of atrophy. Over the last couple of weeks, I feel like Holy Spirit has been saying, just like You've been experiencing atrophy in your arm. Some of my people have been experiencing spiritual atrophy in this season. When we neglect working our spiritual muscles, we become spiritually weak. And when we become spiritually weak, it will affect every area of our lives. I'll give you an example. In Judges chapter 13 through 16, it tells the story about the life of Samson. Now, many people know about Samson, even people that aren't Christians or Jews, they know about the story of Samson. Samson was a judge over Israel for 20 years, and Samson was set apart to the service of God as a Nazarite. That means that there were certain disciplines that he practiced that were not required for all of Israel, but they were required for those that were set apart as a Nazarite. Nazarites were to abstain from drinking any wine or anything else that was made from grapes. They were also to refrain from cutting their hair, so... That means they had some pretty sick dreadlocks. And they were also 
to not become ritually impure by coming into contact with dead bodies or graves, uh, even those of family members. So Samson's living his life this way as a Nazarite, and God puts him in position as to be a judge over Israel. And along with this position that God puts him in, God grants supernatural strength and ferocity to Samson. Now, if you've only ever heard the stories about Samson secondhand, I encourage you, go to Judges chapters 13 through 16 and read his story for yourself because it's remarkable how God used Samson to rule over and protect Israel. He fought and killed a lion with his bare hands. He trapped 300 foxes and lit their tails on fire and sent them into the enemy's fields. He picked up a jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand Philistines. And that's just a few of the ways that God worked through Samson. Samson sounds like an amazing guy, but there were some crucial areas of self-control that Samson didn't exercise. One of those areas is when Samson began to get involved with a woman named Delilah. Delilah was not from Israel. She was a Philistine, and the Philistines were the enemy of Israel. So instead of Samson staying away from someone who represented an enemy against him and his people, he let his guard down and he engaged in an inappropriate relationship with her. Now this is just one of several indicators that spiritual atrophy had crept into Samson's life. And if you read through more of the story, you see that although God hadn't revoked Samson's physical strength or removed him from his place of authority, spiritual atrophy definitely and certainly was present in Samson's heart. So the Philistines came to Delilah and bribed her to get Samson to reveal the source of his strength to her. So Delilah puts the moves on Samson and tries to get him to tell her his secret, and he does, but he lies to her. She tells the Philistines what Samson told her, and the Philistines show up and attack and, and capture Samson, but he defeats them. So this should be a blaring message to Samson that he needs to get away from Delilah, but he doesn't. Instead, they go around this same merry-go-round two more times, and he still doesn't get it. Why? Because of the spiritual atrophy. He's strong on the outside, but he's weak on the inside. So Delilah nags him again and plays that, well, if you really love me, you would tell me, card. And Samson is so spiritually atrophied, he finally gives in and tells Delilah the real secret of his strength. And this time the Philistines come to get Samson, and Samson's spiritual atrophy is now caught up with him in the physical realm, and his strength is gone, and the Philistines capture him, they gouge his eyes out, and they make Samson this great judge of Israel, their slave. Listen, your spiritual atrophy will eventually catch up with you in the physical realm. You may not think that you're a threat to the forces of hell, but let me tell you that if you're born again, if you've declared Jesus to be the Lord of your life, if you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, then you are the enemy of hell. Satan hates God, he hates his kingdom, and he wants nothing more than to cause you to be defeated. He wants nothing more than for your marriage to suffer. He wants nothing more for your kids to hate you. He wants nothing more for you to be broke and sick. He wants nothing more than for you to feel like you're lonely, addicted to a substance, or be distracted just by the things of this world that you forget about the call of God in your life. He hates you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Peter's saying, Hey, the devil is poised to pounce and he would like nothing better than to catch you napping. He's waiting for you to show signs of spiritual atrophy so he can take you down. But in verse 9, Peter reminds us to stand firm against him and be strong in our faith. I'm reminded of some other passages 
that have the same tone. We've been in the book of Ephesians a lot this year, and in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Oh yeah, that sounds good. But how do you be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power? Well, Paul goes on to say, to put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Now, no matter how strong or tough you might think you are, you can't defeat the powers of hell by yourself. But the way we overcome the enemy, the way we come out of atrophy and come into strength is through the power of God and the ability he gives us. When we come into agreement with and act on his truth, we're enabled to experience what it means to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loves us. We get to experience the victory God gives us to the Lord our Jesus. When Joshua was succeeding Moses as the leader of Israel, this is what the Lord spoke to him in Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. He said, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Now that sounds great, but how is Joshua supposed to be strong and courageous? What he's about to lead the Israelites into looks impossible. They're about to go to war with 31 different kings. What God says to Joshua next is the strategy for Joshua to be strong and courageous, and it's our strategy for coming out of spiritual atrophy and coming into spiritual strength. This is God's workout plan for us. God said to Joshua this, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Church, it's time for us to get off the couch and start doing some spiritual push-ups and sit-ups. The pathway from atrophy and towards being strong and courageous is through obedience. Obedience to the Word of God, obedience to the Spirit of God, obedience to the spiritual authorities that God has placed in our lives. Listen, we're not going to turn to the right or to the left. Instead of being lazy with God's Word, we're going to be in love with God's Word. We're going to seek to understand it. We're going to keep it in our thoughts in the daytime and in the nighttime. Why? So that we can know how to be empowered to walk in obedience to God. And the cool thing is that God says that there is a reward for obedience. He says that we will prosper and have success. Now, I don't know about you, but I want the prosperity and success that follows obedience. To close, let me give you four spiritual strength exercises that will help you overcome atrophy. The first one is this. Get in relationship with people who are spiritually strong. Get in relationship with people who are spiritually strong. Check this out. Researchers have found that having a workout buddy that is more fit than you can actually increase your workout time and intensity by as much as 200%. <laughs> That's incredible. Proverbs 13:20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. So if you want to get spiritually strong, then get into a relationship with people who are already spiritually strong. It's called discipleship and discipleship is relational. Now, what is a disciple? A disciple is one who learns the way of their master 
and then becomes like their master. They do the things that their master does. And so we're becoming disciples. It's good to listen to sermons. It's good to read books. It's good to listen to worship music. But if that's all you ever do, then you're missing a huge part of discipleship. Get in relationship with people who are spiritually strong. Now, the next exercise is to get into God's Word. How can we be obedient to God's Word if we don't know God's Word? The Lord told Joshua to study it continually and to meditate on it, to think about it around the clock, to chew on it like the cow chews the cud. That might sound gross to you, but it's like I'm chewing on it and I'm regurgitating it and I'm chewing on it again. And that's what we want to do with the Word of God. If you want to get spiritually strong, if you don't want to be taken out by the enemy when he attacks, if you want to prosper and have success, then get God's Word in your heart, get it in your mind, and get it in your mouth. Here, I'm going to give you a shameless plug for Jumpstart 3. Our friends at Jumpstart 3 have intentionally, methodically, and with excellence written scripture songs that appeal to kids and families. It's a great way to get your spiritual workout in. It's easy to check out the resources at jumpstart3.com. Now the next part of our spiritual workout is prayer. Jesus said that God's temple was to be called a house of prayer. Jesus wasn't talking about brick and mortar. He was talking about his church, which is you and me. It's all of us with Jesus at the center. We are the temple. We are the house of prayer. E.M. Bounds said that what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, mighty men in prayer. Listen, you need to be disciplined to pray by yourself. And you need to be disciplined to pray with others. Just this week, I had a conversation with someone who was facing some disappointments, and they weren't really in the mood to go to the prayer meeting this week. And they told me that, and I encouraged them. I said, well, it's a good thing that you've developed a discipline in that area of your life. And all of a sudden, it was like a little light bulb went off over their head, and they said, yeah, it is good that I've developed that discipline. And they went to the prayer meeting. Listen, I wished our midweek prayer and worship gatherings were just as big as our worship services. If we really want to see revival in our hearts and in our homes and our cities, then we need to start showing up in the place of prayer. And if we want to start building some definition in our spiritual muscles, then the next thing that we need to do is to practice serving. In three different places in the Gospels, it records Jesus saying that he didn't come to earth to be served, but to do the serving. And if we are learning the way of our master and becoming like him, then it means we get to serve. There are a lot of Christians that get their fellowship time in, they get their Bible time in, they get their prayer time in, and all of that's important. It's wonderful. But where they lack is in the area of serving. And because they're not serving, there's still some level of atrophy remaining. There are people that need Jesus. There are people that need to be ministered to. But if we don't serve them, we don't show them what Jesus looks like, then how will they come to know him? Let's serve each other in the house of God. Let's serve others that haven't yet come into the family. Church, as we're getting ready to open the doors up again for in-person gatherings, (laughs) I say open up the doors, but maybe outside. Listen, there's going to be opportunities to serve in the church and you should be serving in the house of God, but don't let it be the only place you serve. 
Serve your family. Be Jesus to them. Serve your friends the way that Jesus served his friends. And serve the lost, the hurt, the broken, the poor. Jesus said that he came to seek and save the lost. And that's what we're doing too. Church, let's not settle for atrophy. Jesus is calling us to be a strong family. Let's answer his call. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you that you have called us to be strong and courageous. And God, for some of us, we just admit that we don't feel like it. We don't feel strong. We don't feel courageous. We feel like we're in atrophy. So God, first of all, we just repent of our atrophy. We repent for kind of putting it on cruise control. We repent for um, just mailing it in. And God, we turn from that and we want to get up off the couch and we want to start doing our spiritual push-ups and sit-ups. And Lord, I, I pray that you are the rewarder of obedience. And so God, I pray that as we walk toward obedience towards you, that you're going to meet us right there. Lord, I thank you that it's, it's not us that makes ourselves strong. God, we're just coming into agreement with what you have said over us already. You've called us to be strong. You've called us to be courageous. You've called us to put on the whole armor of God and stand firm. You've called us to stay alert and be aware of the enemy. So Lord, right now, we come into agreement with that and we proclaim over ourselves, yes, we are strong. We are being made strong. We're walking toward the place of strength and we're walking away from the place of atrophy. So Lord, I pray right now that you continue to give us wisdom and insight. Help us, God, in the area of, of making relationships with those who are already spiritually strong. God, I pray that you would help us get into your word. Help us love your word more than anything else. Help us seek you in the place of prayer, God. And God, show us opportunities that are around us everywhere to serve others, to show them Jesus. Like Jesus has shown himself to us. We love you, Lord. If you are watching today and you might not consider yourself a Christian, you might not consider yourself to follow Jesus, but something is tugging on you today to make that decision. I want to let you know that you can. It's super easy. Here's what the Bible says. It says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, means, God, I surrender my life to you. You be the Lord of it. You be in charge of it. And if we believe in our hearts that God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, then we will be saved. Saved is a beautiful thing. We're saved from sin. We're saved from its power over us. We're saved from ourselves. We're saved from hell later in the eternity. And not only are we saved from those things, but we're saved to something. We're saved into becoming a new person that Jesus has in mind for us. The Bible says that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. That the old things have passed away and everything has become new. This is an amazing and powerful spiritual truth and it's eternal. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what mistakes that you've made. It doesn't matter what a mess that you might have made with your life. It doesn't matter how far away that you feel like you've walked from God. 
this truth is for you today. And so today, if you want to make that decision, that quality decision of saying, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to confess you as my Lord. I believe that God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. Then you today can be saved. I want to pray with you right now if that's the decision that you're making. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for my friends who are making the decision to come into the family of God and I rejoice with them. Lord, I just thank you that you forgive all of their sins. You forgive all of their mistakes. That God, you, that the, the, the slate has been wiped clean because of Jesus' shed blood on the cross. And Jesus, I thank you that, that you didn't stay dead in a tomb, but you raised up from the grave. You were resurrected. And just like you were resurrected, you are resurrecting these people today that are making this decision that this old self has died and a new self is being resurrected. And Jesus, you're the one that makes that possible. Lord, I pray that you fill these people with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would do something miraculous in their life. I pray that you would uh, make a difference with their life as they surrender every bit of their life to you. Lord, I pray blessings on them right now in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.